0: Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We have made it to the book of Joshua, chapter 17. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. There was also a lot, of, a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for the, for he was the firstborn of Joseph. Namely, for Meshir, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bisham. So, as always, please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these, but the people we're talking about here are starting out one of the sons of Joseph. Joseph was one of the patriarchs that was sold into slavery by his brothers into Egypt and he was there before the rest of the family moved there and then they also at some point became enslaved over the course of four centuries while they were there but Joseph was originally there uh, placed there in the big picture of things according to the narrative so that he could be the one to help guide the people through the famine that was on its way. Uh, So it's that same Joseph, the Joseph with the coat of many colors. His sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, are the ones he had while he was there in Africa, and we're talking about now Manasseh and the uh allotment, as they're calling it of land that he's being um, that's being given to him in the promised land by the congregation. Among the congregation. Verse 2: And there was a lot for the rest of the children of say according to their families. For the children of Abiezer, the children of Helak, the children of Az- Azrael, the children of Shechem, the children of Hefer, and the children of Shemitah. These were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, according to their families. So uh, this is one of the few times it points out that there is are specifically the male children, even though some of these names sound uh effeminate by modern standards like Azrael, but um it's letting us know that it's the male children, but it's saying that for a reason because it's one of the rare instances where the female children are going to be mentioned in the next verse. Um but so it's naming off the different people who are going to be allotted territory in the promised land. Verse three But had the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, maybe even Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mashir, the son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters. And these are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tursa. So we, those may sound familiar when they were mentioned before um, as some of the exclusively female heirs to um, some of the property. And here it is just laying out the territories that were given to them also. Verse four, and they came near before Eleazar the priest, before Joshua the son of Nun, and before the rulers, saying, "The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers." So, and we, like I said, we went over that. um, Well, that was mentioned previously when Moses was still alive, when they were talking about inheritances and what happens if a man doesn't have any sons to pass things down to and how they decided on how females can inherit things. Verse 5, Ten shares fell to Manasseh besides the land of Gilead and Bashan which were on the other side of the Jordan. So it's talking about the other half tribe on the east side of the Jordan River where two and a half tribes as they're called tribes Uh, clans of the congregation have taken up residence there and decided to lay down roots um, in that area after they warred with the people who lived there and took their land and occupied it Um, half the tribe decided to go on with the rest of the other nine and a half to the west side of the Jordan River to what was originally to be their promised land and take up residence there that's the half tribe being referred to here um, I believe that's right um, yeah West Manasseh as they're being called because it's west of the Jordan River rather than the two and a half on the east side we um, are at verse 6 I think mm, I think we are at 6 so just in case we're going to pick up at 6 because the daughters of Manasseh received an inheritance among their his sons The rest of Manasseh's sons had had the land of Gilead. So um, it's breaking down how the land was divided between Manasseh's descendants. Verse 7, in the territory of Manasseh was from Asher to Megmetha that lies east of Shechem and the border went along south to the inhabitants of Entapua. So again, if you use a map of the Old Testament, um, you can see the areas that's being uh, laid out here that's being referred to here and you can follow along if you want by the landmarks that are mentioned. Verse 8 Manasseh had the land of Tapua but Tapua on the border of Manasseh belonged to the children of Ephraim so um, they're talking about borders and boundaries here Ephraim is the other son of Man of, uh, Joseph who he had in Africa and um, who they're referring to now his inheritance or his descendants' inheritance. Verse nine, and the border descended to the brook Kana, southward to the brook. These cities of Ephraim are among the cities of Manasseh. The border of Manasseh was on the north side of the brook, and it ended at the sea. So again, it's just laying out the borders by the natural boundaries, as to be their all their um settled boundaries for their land also. Verse 10, southward it was Ephraim's, northward it was Manasseh's, and the sea was its border. Manasseh's territory was adjoining, Asher on the north, and Issachar on the east. So Asher and Issachar are two more of the patriarch's names, and the areas that are being referred to as their boundaries of their territories also. Verse 11. And in Issachar and in Asher, Manasseh had Beth Bethshan, and its towns, Iblim and its towns, the inhabitants of Dor and its towns, the inhabitants of Endor and its towns, the inhabitants of Tanakh and its towns, and the inhabitants of Megiddo and its towns. Three hilly regions. Um, so what stands out there is that Megiddo is its Megiddo here, and it's the same area called Armageddon in Revelation at the end of the Bible. Um, verse 12 yet the children of manas could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities but the canaanites were determined to dwell in that land so the canaanites are the people who dwelt there already again the land was already occupied by people so what the congregation is doing is going in and massacring the people who lived there after coveting their land massacring the people and taking the land for themselves and occupying it and the canaanites already lived there and apparently some of them weren't having it and putting up a fight not to give up their land sort of like the same way the americas were colonized north america america and canada um namely um but was already occupied by people who lived here before then Verse 13, and it happened when the children of Israel grew strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor but did not utterly drive them out. So um, that forced labor means labor means they, they've enslaved them also. Uh, they couldn't defeat them completely, but they subjugated them into enslavement. Uh, sort of like how the Native Americans were done when the colonizers came to North America. Verse fourteen. Then the children is children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, "Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? So, um, they want more. The um descendants of Joseph are saying there are a whole lot of people. It's a big population, and they want more land." verse 15 so joshua answered them if you're a great people then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the parasites and the giants since the mountains of ephraim are too confined for you so joshua is saying if you want more go get it yourself and go ahead and conquer some more of the nations that live there including the um giants so there are still more giants that exist all throughout that area so it, it's it, i mentioned it before it seems a shame that more of that area isn't excavated to discover more of those uh, um, giant bones and giant um, uh, the archaeology of the giants there would have to be more since they're saying they're all throughout this area in the hills and the valleys in this city and that city And yet it's scarce to find um, remains of giants in modern times. Although, like I said before, there are remains of giants found in North America from way back when. Verse 16, But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are of Bashan and its towns and those who are of, of the valley of Jezreel. So the descendants of Joseph are saying they want those lands but the people who are occupying those lands have artillery including chariots so it's going to be difficult to defeat them. Um, So they want something that they don't know that they're able to actually go in and take it. Verse 17 And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph to Ephraim and Manasseh saying You are a great people and have great power You shall not have only one lot. So Joshua's encouraging them saying yeah you are a whole lot of people you're very populous and you have a whole lot of power so you're not going to be limited to just the one lot that you're all having to share Um, verse 18 but the mountain country shall be yours although it is wooded you shall cut it down and its farthest extent shall be yours for you shall drive out the canaanites though they have iron chariots and are strong so um, Joshua is encouraging them, saying, yeah, we know the people you're going up against that you're going to face in those areas are also very powerful and also have weaponry, the chariots and whatnot, but you're still going to defeat them and you're still going to take their land. And um, I believe that that is what's going to happen, but we know historically they're not going to be able to maintain that land. They're going to lose it. And even to this day, 2022, um, that land is disputed. Um, For the most part, all of these areas are disputed down to a very tiny territory. But back then in the book of Joshua, um, they're being reassured that they're going to be able to be victorious in their taking of the land that's already occupied by other people. That was the last verse in this chapter, though, so that's where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me for The Naked Truth. I hope you'll join me again, and I hope it's a blessing for you. God bless you, I love you, and I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.